This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm Ken Tripp. I am the... Haley Stoddart, and uh, we have movie news, Ken. This is exciting. Uh, I am thrilled, stoked, every excitable word that you can think of in the thesaurus dictionary. (laughs) I am it. (laughs) You are. I am. Are you? Well, yeah, of course. You know, it's (laughs) it's funny that um, we have a lot of Star Trek out there, and who would have thought three years ago we would have been saying things like that, but we do have a lot. But the fact that um, Paramount is stepping up and is ready to create a, I guess, a new Star Trek for, I wish they would reset the numbers and just, I'm not even sure where we are anymore. But anyway, I I really wish they would go with that, you know, whether it's 15, 16, 17, whatever it is. I know it's not that many. Don't beat me up on Facebook. I know, I know. But I would really, really, really be um, thrilled if they could make this work and relaunch this puppy because... You know what? I know a lot of people have a lot of different comments on J.J. Abrams and what he did with it, but I'm telling you, he revitalized Star Trek in many ways, and um, the production that you see on Discovery and all that, a lot of it's based on his work, and I think um, this cast really rocks it out. So I'm hoping it happens. I am too, and I'm really excited. I, I think this has been a really good refresher for Star Trek. You know, so many fans have come into the fandom because of these films and they've gone back and started watching the shows because of these films and wanting to know these characters and whatnot. So I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be great. I agree. Um, We need like a working title, but I know that it's such in the early phases we're not going to have a working title. So we're just going to call it... um, the future Star Trek movie. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> more coffee. More coffee, yes. more creativity, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll see where it goes. I think a couple of interesting things is that um, the Paramount seems to be pivoting away from the uh, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth angle, which I think is a good thing. Yes. I have no idea if they had something that was you know, really captivating or not. Uh, I think I've mentioned my proclivity to stay away from from time travel even though in the movies they do do it very well and um they they've brought on uh noah holly right so yeah um that's an interesting choice i don't know a ton about him but from what i've read i know he's kind of one of those up and coming he's very very creative types yeah yeah, so I don't know anything about him, so I'm not going to lie. I am DB'd him to see what he's done. Um, according to uh, his biography, he does have a 20-year career. Uh, he's a novelist, screenwriter, series creator, showrunner, and director. Um, he's won Emmy, Golden Globe, uh a PEN, Pen, Critics' Choice, and a Peabody Award. So uh, he's clearly got quite a bit going on. Um, I know the articles have mentioned that he's worked on Fargo and uh, Legion, and I haven't watched either of those, so I don't know his 
his chops, but um, I was looking, he was on Bones. He did work on Bones, and okay. I loved that series. So uh, that's pretty great and exciting. And so all I can say is I'm looking forward to what he brings to the table. I will say I really would love it if he would collaborate with Simon Pegg to do the writing for the next Star Trek film, just because I loved the writing of uh, Beyond. Yeah, I agree. I well, I, I have seen the, um, the the Fargo series a few times, and it's it's pretty good. But it's so hard to, you know, pull in something into the Star Trek universe. In other words, you know, I don't know if uh, he's a fan, if he whatnot. But I'm assuming that if he's involved, he must have come up with some proposal that makes sense, something that uh, Paramount said, yeah, we could do this. I think that the timing of it is it's the right time to strike, especially if, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a there's a nice gap as, as we've seen, you know, the um, the new series don't really go into the summer months. Right. Um, you know, both times yeah. Discovery has launched has been in January. We've got Picard in January. I'm assuming that uh, Discovery will then follow Picard, you know, somewhere in March, April time frame, something like that. I haven't seen anything officially. Well, that's a guess. And that'll mm -hmm. take, you know, April, May, June. Then you've got summer months. And if they do go forward with a couple of other series, they could have the whole year covered in theory. Um, you know, if they go in with the uh, Section 31 or whatever else they're thinking, you know, Captain Pike, hint, hint. But oh, um, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But I, I do think that um, with with the merger of, the, of CBS and Paramount coming together in December, it opens up a lot of possibilities because now you can intertwine cast members it takes it takes a lot of the silly rules that were put up in place uh, for the movies and the tv series to, to finally just kind of go away since mm -hmm. it's one company and um you know i'm sure they're looking to get it to a reasonable budget so that it could make a hefty profit and that's you know that's a, a challenging thing um as we saw with um the original series movies when next generation came on you know it, it it was tougher for these for these films to make as much money as they as they made in the past same thing with the tng movies there were two other series still on the air uh and the, you know one of the three did really well in tng and i would say probably four of the six you know made made pretty good money uh for the original series so it it is a delicate dance i remember harv bennett saying you know when you're when you get a movie every few years, it's like a big turkey dinner. Um, but then when you have turkey sandwiches every day, uh, when that big turkey dinner comes, it's not quite as exciting. But I think the time to strike is when the popularity starts to grow. There could be a hiatus of sorts for Star Wars. I know they're saying there won't be a real hiatus, but there probably could be some timing between one movie or the other. And Star Trek could fit nicely in there, fill that void especially if they come up with something really clever and um, or maybe, you know, even use it to somehow bridge something in the plot lines that we're seeing in Discovery and Picard so that they could tie it all. Because as we've seen, um, you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bridges between them all. So it'd be fun to see. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because it is a delicate balance of finding out a time when they can release a film that it's not necessarily competing with something else that's super major, which I think was part of the downfall of Beyond, was the timing. And so it it is a hard, difficult thing to find because where there's so much stuff and yeah. Disney owns two really big franchises and they've got like years mapped out for more films and things like that. So I'm really hoping that Whatever this story for this ends up being, for one, I really hope that Chris Pine will come back because as of right now, the articles have said, you know, we've got most of the main cast, but Chris is not included in this. And I don't think we can go forward if we have a new captain and a uh, new helmsman. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, but I'm really excited just because I think there's so many new fans and younger fans that have come into the franchise because of these films. And so I think this really would be for them most of all. And they would love to have that as much as us older fans would love to have that too. 
I think the younger fans would really love to see a continuation of these characters' stories and this version that they've come to enjoy. So I I call it, uh, I'm going to say this is the cranberry sauce to the turkey dinner. Okay. <laughs> I think that's Because I make cool. I make homemade cranberry sauce, and it's delicious. So I'm going to call this, if we get this one, it's just the really good cranberry sauce to the turkey dinner. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope so. I think that um, yeah, it, it's 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 going to be interesting. There's um, there's I, I don't know how many new fans are coming into Star Trek. I've been paying attention a lot to the CBS investor calls and listening to the subscription rates on CBS All Access, and they're fine. Um, you know, they they there's there's a real war right now on now that um, Disney Plus is is on and. You know, I, I see a lot of um, people, you know, the subscription rates for Disney Plus um, have exceeded their wildest dreams. They're getting yeah. so many people that, you know, the system actually didn't work well, I guess, for a couple of days. <laughs> or maybe it was just one day or something, but uh, they've got their arms around it. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think they could successfully recast if they needed to. I, I think the plot sometimes, um, you know, can... can uh, overtake, uh, you know, a new cast member as long as the chemistry's there. It's mm-hmm. it's a tough one with Captain Kirk. Uh, they worked very very hard to land Chris Pine. I think he had a um, the similarities were were really cool. You know, yeah. I think they did a great job with Zachary Quinto and with Carl Urban. I mean, the whole cast seemed to hit it off very very well. I, so I, and that's I'm one thing I've enjoyed about it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think they, they they've knocked it out, and um, yeah, it could be. It could be uh, something that that could uh, could really propel you know Star Trek into another stratosphere um, for for CBS Paramount as they begin their um, their combined company again in early December. So that that that's really neat. The other thing is too is that the Tarantino film apparently is not off the cards either. So that looks like it's still a potential movie uh, that they could be working towards. I. Um, you know, it's been kind of quiet lately. I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's, I think, I wonder if that's also due to waiting for this merger to finish in December. I wonder how much of that is in play as well. Well, Cause yeah. Because of, of the actors who have come forward and said, hey, we'd like to do that. You know, we, we know um, William Shatner said that he would do it. You know, Patrick Stewart said that he would do it. <laughs> was kind of surprised by some of the the actors who said yeah we'd like to be involved and I wonder how much of that is just because it's Tarantino um not so much that they like the script or whatever because we know that there is a story to this out there um so I wonder if maybe some of that's just waiting for that to finish as well yeah I I, maybe yeah it's hard to say I have a feeling that um the divisions will remain separate um Mm -hmm. you know television and motion picture um, you've got the cable networks, and it looks like they have a chain of command for all those different productions. So it's it's hard to say. It was um, you know because they obviously they were together much longer than they were separated over the years, and um, you know Paramount had its TV wing and all of that, and it was pretty successful. In fact, that's how Star Trek II was actually made was under the television wing. Uh, they threw it over there so that they would be more constrained with the budget and work things differently. So interesting, but yep. Buckle up! There's lots of Star Trek out there, and I think it's um, I think it's about time that we got moving with the movies. I I, I just love them, and I, yeah. I I love being able to. I'm I'm so trapped with all access and everything, not being able to really watch it on big screens. I'm usually not in a spot that allows me to throw it on a TV or anything along those lines. So I watch it on a phone or a computer screen, and um, you know I I just and they're so well done. Um, the, the stuff they're doing on all access from an effects point of view and everything, the production values are so high uh, that to actually go back and sit in a movie theater and, and watch it on the big screen would be, a, would be really cool for me. So are you saying that you would like it to somehow be played in your mind and feel like you're actually in it instead? So then it actually <laughs> looks more real for you since you can only watch it on like a smaller screen? Yeah, I guess so. It's just the experience. Yeah. It's just the experience. Yeah. I, I mean, um, the, the other thing that's, that's kind of neat is, um, I, I don't know about you, but I wind up watching a lot of the all access stuff by myself. Mm. You know, I, I, it's not like I'm surrounded from people in my family that, 
that love Star Trek that's around me. I do have like my son is big into it and, and my daughter and things, but you know, they've long since moved out. You know, my wife still thinks I'm a nut job, but you know, and she's right. She's absolutely right. So that's fine too. But she has very little interest in it. And, um, you know, it's, <laughs> I guess going to the movies, you can go find a bunch of people to go with and, you know, share the experience. I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of watch parties and things like that. I know in New York and so forth, but I'm just not quite in range. So I think that uh, it works out nice that way. Yeah. Well, and it is wonderful to be able to sit down with a whole bunch of other fans and, and watch these movies. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, there's not a tiny population where I live, but uh, the last time I went to the movie, when we went to actually to see Beyond, I was surprised. Like, it really was a full, we went opening, that opening very first viewing the day, like the night before it officially released. Sure. And the theater was packed. And it's so nice to see that, you know, even though, yes, I'm always watching All Access here at home, and uh, I don't let my kid watch it just yet. But it, it's nice to know that even here there is a good good portion of people who are really excited about Star Trek films and, and go and, and watch these movies together. So, Yeah. Well, I think one of the misnomers is that Beyond flopped. And mm-hmm. it really didn't. It, it didn't do as well as the other two movies, but it, it did well. The problem was it cost so much money. Yeah, uh, it got you know whatever it was two hundred million or something like that, and so when you when you make three hundred million, which is scary numbers, which is pretty good, um, it you know it, it, they call it a bomb, and it's like well, it's only a bomb, I guess, if you if you overspend on it. If you were if you spent a hundred million on it, it would have been considered very successful. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where context is king, and um, you know they. They did launch it at a, at a lousy time in the summer, and they didn't promote it very well. And hopefully there's a lot of lessons learned so they can get it right this time. And hopefully they will. But I think hopefully, you know, all this stuff on All Access and Star Trek's um, uh, resurgence is uh, is something that will help propel it. But, you know, the most important thing is it's got to be good. And, um, you know, there's been some stinkers. <laughs> so let's hope they get it right. Always bound to be some stinkers, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought on the news of this exciting development, you know, it's it's funny, uh, just like with the, the new Star Wars movies, the trailers themselves uh, get a lot of play, right? And you see so much talk and podcasts and articles written about uh, movie trailers because of the the excitement, right? So you've got... Um, you've got what is this next Star Wars movie called? Is it The Last Jedi or something like that? I don't even know. I don't oh, know. Uh, something something Skywalker. I, I don't know. Any, I, anyway, you can tell how, how much I've been really paying attention. I, I will go see it. It's, you know, you have to do it. But anyway, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think it's called. Something like that. Anyway, um, but there's there's a lot of that play. And I, I was thinking about, um, you know, the, the three J.J. films and the trailers themselves and the attention that they got when they first came um when they first came online so if you if you think about it when when star trek 09 uh was announced there was a lot of anticipation for this movie because star trek had been off the air for quite a few years at that point it was really quiet times and um so what we're going to do is we're going to play the um the trailer, so you can hear it and remind everybody what, what went on, and we'll discuss it for a bit. Sound good, Haley? That sounds absolutely wonderful. I love this idea. All right. So here is Star Trek 09. Tiberius Kirk. You've always had a hard time finding your place in this world, haven't you? Never knowing your true worth. You can settle for less than ordinary life. Or do you feel like you were meant for something better? 
something special. You will always be a child of two worlds and fully capable of deciding your own destiny. The question you face is, which path will you choose? Are you afraid or aren't you? I will not allow you to lecture me. Then why do you stop me? Prepare to fire all weapons. I like this ship. This is exciting. Space is disease and danger, wrapped in darkness and silence. Buckle up. The wait is over. All right, Haley, what'd you think? So I I was so excited when I found out that we were going to get another Star Trek movie. And I was generally intrigued by this because looking back at some of the older films and the trailers that came out, we didn't really have anything that was like this opening sequence, at least that I can remember, where it's not the ship. We're not seeing the ship immediately. Mm -hmm. And or it's not the bridge crew or something like that. It's this kid driving a car on the dusty <laughs> road. And so I don't recall anything singing like it. And you don't realize that it's a Star Trek trailer until he goes, my name is James Tiberius Kirk in defiance against this RoboCop. And so I was so excited for this film. Um, this trailer really, I think, hit everything just right, but then left you wanting to know more. It didn't give too much away. It gave enough, but not too much. And um, for me, Bones and Scotty stole this trailer. And it's my favorite trailer and my favorite film of these three films. Well, there so. it is. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought they did a good job with, with the trailer. There's the I, I just like the, the ship being under construction, in a sense. You see that. There was a yeah. mini trailer that went out where it was just literally building the ship um you know you see the the welders and all that stuff which was which was kind of cool but for this trailer itself which you know it's kind of long it goes on for two minutes and it's amazing how many scenes they kind of cut and splice together but mm -hmm. um i remember being excited seeing it and just just wanting to get to the movie theater to see what they were able to pull together because it's an origin it's an origin story mm -hmm. and we never had a star trek origin story before and um you know, and the, obviously they, they recast, reboot. You, you didn't know how the connectivity was going to be. And, um, you know, I thought, I, thought, I thought the music, everything about this trailer, you know, it, it had that right mix of, of, of action. It, it, it almost, it's kind of funny because you know, lots of explosions. Um, there wasn't a lot of sex in the movie, but you almost thought there was going to be. By this trailer, <laughs> you know, Kirk under the Kirk. bed, kissing the Orion girl, you know. It was just, it's when it gets thrown into you, you know, fast and it's just chopped up into pieces. I thought it was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, and there's, uh, it would have been, I see a lot of people kind of reconstruct movie theaters and uh, movie trailers and they try to outline how the movie's going to go. And I thought they were really successful with that, uh, with The Force Awakens. There were so many trailers and so many bits and pieces that I saw some people almost able to put the movie together stem to stern pretty much right on track um which is incredible with this movie there's no way you know you, you the context of the explosions on the kelvin being at the end of the trailer and things happening um but it was i thought it was really really well made and it had a, a good sense of adventure to it yeah and i one thing that i liked was you said it's an origin story i i enjoyed the little bits that we get into young kirk and young spock and where they've started from and it really did kind of lend to that story and go make and make you think oh well okay so we're seeing younger versions of these characters that we love and and get some sense of maybe who they were when they were younger and it didn't give you anything away as to what actually happens in the beginning of the film and that trauma and sadness of it. And I loved that because it left that completely out. Mm. And I think that would have ruined the film if we'd had any sense of what was 
to come before we see Kirk driving in that car. And that's one thing, you know, it's interesting. I worked in a movie theater for a couple years when I lived in California. And at one point we got the TV screens inside the lobby and they would play trailers and commercials and stuff like that. And I at one point hated it. I don't remember what Spider-Man movie it was, but we had so many trailers that I could pretty much guess what the entire movie was just based off of like the three trailers that kept consistently playing because I worked <laughs> in the box office, so I heard them constantly all day. Right. And, and it ruined the film when I actually sat down to watch it because I was like, oh, I know everything. So I love the trailers that just don't give, they give enough but not so much that like you could say, oh, I know exactly like what's going to happen when in the film and I know what's going to happen completely. And so this trailer really hit all those notes of just giving enough but not giving it anything away. You didn't know why, who this person was, what ship this was that's going to cause all this destruction. You really didn't grasp why he was doing what he was doing and I loved it. Very cool. Well, let's move on. Are we ready for the next one? Definitely. Okay, so here is Star Trek Into Darkness. There's greatness in you. There's not an ounce of humility. You think that you can't make mistakes, but there's gonna come a moment when you realize you're wrong about that. And you're gonna get yourself and everyone under your command killed. This one was pretty different, your your reaction. Uh, so this one, I really like the tone. There's like two different tones to this trailer. We get this really kind of sad beginning and the ship is empty and captain's not in the chair and the bridge is completely empty and you're thinking, what has caused everyone to abandon ship, I guess? And the music in the opening is really just slow and and sad. And then the second part of this, the, the music is tense and stressful and there's a lot of action going on. And again, I think this one, it shows enough, maybe a little more than what's going on in the with the first trailer for the first film. So you can kind of maybe piece together different things, but again, it doesn't give too much of the plot away as to what really is happening. Um, I like Pike's voiceover in the beginning and for most of this trailer. Um, I think him talking about what could happen and then, you know, in the film he actually says it to Kirk. It's really haunting given with the images that are playing, the, the empty ship and the empty hallway and stuff like that. Um, and definitely a darker film. This is possibly not going to be the ending uplifting film that we are <laughs> used to or or whatnot so um i it's my third third favorite trailer third film 
Okay, fair enough. I agree with you. It was heavy. It was intense. I thought it brought a lot of excitement to and a lot mm-hmm. of anticipation to to see Star Trek 09. I was excited to. I'm sorry, Into Darkness. I was excited to see it, and I think a lot of it had to do with the trailer. I do remember that there was a lot of speculation mm-hmm. online as to you know was it was that the Enterprise crashing into the ocean because you you know it has a, a similar silhouette. Um, but you're right. I think the tone uh, just comes on. It's it's it is. heavy. It's very heavy. And um, I thought Pike's voice uh, was was big in the middle because it's all about, you know, you can get everyone killed. You're, you know, he's he's been definitely more lucky than good, you know, this far in his career. So, you know, where it's it's you know, here's here's a person in the first movie who ascends very unrealistically, um, even for Star Trek. You know, into the center seat of a starship right from the academy makes no sense. Um, but you know, here's this kid who who ascends very quickly to the top, and then, you know, um, like anybody, you know, you become arrogant and you think that, um, you know, you you can do it all. And then this movie you knew was going to be about humility, but you didn't understand just how far it was going to go. And then, with uh, Cumberbatch's voice mm-hmm. at the end, I was like, ooh, you know, this has got a um, an interesting feel to it you see the the spock's uh hand against the glass and you're going oh no is spock gonna die you know obviously they, they, they switch it around on us but i thought the trailer for this movie was excellent it definitely drew you in i can i can separate my my feelings for the movie overall from this trailer and it was a really cool trailer i mean there was a lot of stuff happening just like and always in the jj movies but it, it had me like, yeah, I, I want to see this movie. And for the record, I like Into Darkness. It's not my favorite of the three, um, but I, I did like it. And, the, and the, it's like one of those movies that the further away you get from it and then watch it from time to time, the more I like it even more, I guess. It's kind of grown on me over time. Um, you know, I just, I just separated a little bit from kind of the silliness that they tried to do in trying to pull in the whole con thing, whatnot, but... For a movie trailer, I thought it was actually. I think it's the best of the three, to be honest right. with you. Yeah, that uh, when he says, "Is there anything you would not do for your family?" and that really kind of, I think, you know, sets the tone for the film, where you're thinking, "Yeah, this is a family, and the crew is a family," and and he says it with such depth and like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's really kind of terrifying when he asks when he says that in that trailer this was the the first of the three films that I actually um, had my kid watch so Chloe watched this one Mm -hmm. before she watched the 09 and then um, took her to beyond when I went to beyond and so you know she likes this one and I agree with you I think something if you don't watch it constantly over and over if it's not your favorite of the three you know, you can appreciate there's scenes in there that just can really grab you. I love when the Enterprise drops because there are no power and they drop through the clouds. Like you just, I audibly gasp every time because it's just so tense. Yeah. And, you know, that vengeance comes on. And I love Scotty when he's, you know, on that ship and he goes up and he, you know, realizes what's going on. It's just great. So I think mm. there's moments in it, but yeah. yeah, this trailer was definitely very, very tense. It was, it was, and um, it was, like I said, um, you know, it, it definitely sold the movie well, and it was the most successful of the three. Mm-hmm. People forget that it made more money, especially on the international market. Um, it made a lot more than than '09 and beyond. So you know, for for all its criticism. For people outside of Star Trek going to see it, they liked it a lot, and it played well. So it was very commercially successful, kind of like Star Trek Four. Although I think Star Trek Four, you could say, was universally liked. Um, not so much with Into Darkness with Trekkies, but uh, it, mm-hmm. it did okay. All right. Well, I'm excited uh, because I know you've, you've put this as the most controversial of the three but uh, this is one of my, I love this one. So we're going we're gonna to play Beyond. Is that music? It's a good choice. Hey, well played. I 
yet. No ship. No crew. How are we gonna get out of this one? We will find hope in the impossible. Well, at least I won't die alone. This doesn't get messy. This is where it begins, Captain. This is where the frontier pushes back. What the hell is this? I know why you're here. Why we are all here. never do that again all right ken what are your thoughts on this one uh give it to me tell me well listening to sabotage uh watching all it, it moves at a very high pace uh you know it, it was hard to put things in context i was i remember when it came out when um was it the force awakens it was a star wars movie i don't know and this one the well, come on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think it did play with The Force Awakens, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. And um, the reaction by the Star Trek community was, what have you done to Star Trek? You've put Justin Lin in here, Fast and the Furious, and you've got this rock music playing. For God's sakes, you've got a motorcycle jumping in the air. What is going on with this film, right? It's... Um, it 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 real when i say it was the most controversial is because it was it was hated by the star trek community in general because they thought they had just you know made a, a rock movie and it was going to be without heart and all that stuff now none of that could be further from the truth but you had simon Pegg and a lot of people making comments out of it saying you know well you know, the, the, the commercial team that puts this together doesn't necessarily uh, coordinate with the people that are actually making the movie. And, you know, you have to trust us. He kept saying, you have to trust us. You're going to like this movie. It's not what you think. So it's, it's incredibly interesting how powerful a trailer comes out, how it's spliced together, and then everybody's going, oh, this is going to be really, really bad. And that was the thought process with, with this trailer. And I am a pretty optimistic person, and I wasn't necessarily buying into what all the people were saying was, was wrong with it. You know, I, I, I just wasn't. But at the same time, you couldn't help but kind of like go, oh, boy, I, you know, I, I hope it isn't, you know, Hobbs and Shaw and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> and, and so it was a real fear. It was a real fear at the time. What about you? I, I didn't have those those emotions to it I wasn't like oh you know they've ruined it and I'm gonna be angry and I really was excited again I kind of felt the same excitement that I did with 09 trailer and I know I was tentative when they announced Justin Lin and I was like okay maybe I don't know I was nervous about it and Seeing the trailer, I was like, okay, there's there's a lot of action. I can understand why Fast and Furious franchise, he came in, I think, on like the fourth film or something, third film or something like that. Okay, it's action-packed. It's going to be exciting. But then I think there was still those hints of those characters that we love, um, you know, in, in different combinations. That scene in the trailer with uh, Bones and Spock, and Spock gets beamed away and Bones turns around and he's yep. typical. <laughs> and uh you know scotty that opening sequence on the on the ship and they're on the bridge well, obviously at the time we didn't know it was the franklin but they're on the bridge of the franklin and beastie boys is playing and you know scotty comes in and he's kind of like oh yeah and kirk's nice choice you know and and stuff like that so i really enjoyed it the only thing i didn't love was there was so much of the destruction of the enterprise in the trailer and 
you know, thinking back on it, I was like, okay, you know, it's sad and everything, but it's interesting that it didn't impact the, it didn't lessen the impact of those scenes when you actually watched the film. And so even though it gave away quite a bit, like, oh, you know, the Enterprise is going to, it looks like it's going to be pretty destroyed when you actually watch the film because they broke up those sequences and that's in the trailer, you really were just heartbroken. Like, I cry. <laughs> I cry. Oh, it was awful. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's just so sad. And um, I kind of like the Beastie Boys in it. I think it brings it back to the 09 film a little mm -hmm. bit there and calling back to that because um, Kirk, obviously, our crew has matured, but I think there's still that boyish rebellion in Kirk, which kind of is in this film, if you think about it. And so, yeah. um, and then one thing I like, we see Kral once, but we don't really know that he's the villain, and we don't know right. his story. And so I like that we didn't get really, in all three of these trailers, really, we, we see the villain, but we don't really understand why they're the villain it doesn't give that piece of the movie away which is fantastic um and again those little snippets of our characters here and there to give us hey they're still our characters you're still going to really enjoy them but we're not going to give too much away and then we get jayla but we don't learn anything about her really we, we see her we know she fights and she's tough and smart but other than that we don't know her name we don't know her backstory mm -hmm. we don't know why she's helping or interacting with our crew so i think i really just did a really good job it's my second favorite film of the franchise franchise wow i can't talk and uh i like this trailer yeah well i'm glad you liked it i it didn't bother like i said it didn't bother me as much but it was it was controversial mm -hmm. and it made a lot of star trek people very nervous and you know, our fandom is a curious lot. Yes, yes it is. You know, <laughs> they, um, you know for, for all the uh, the things that are preached or whatever, I mean, ooh, judgmental. My goodness. Mm -hmm. um, it, can, it, can, it can get rough. And it's kind of like what we saw with um, even the reaction to this new Star Trek IV reboot movie coming out. You know, I, reading it on Facebook, you know, it was very... Very bipolar, you know. Yes, great, terrible, hate, hate, you know, they, they should be trashed. And, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. Just, you know, let, let's see what they do with it. If, um, you know, I, I would really have a hard time with people that, um, I mean, I have a hard time understanding people. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. But, you know, the first two movies I could understand if it's, if it's kind of a tough thing to kind of get your arms around with the look and the feel and all that stuff. But Beyond was such a Star Trek movie, and um, if if people didn't like that one, um, and especially with all its callbacks to the original series and to Spock and to all those things, I thought I was just like, man, I, I I would have a tough time getting my arms around why you didn't like it or or appreciate it. But you know, to each his yeah. own. So it is uh, interesting that that people react in such complete opposites or and you don't really see anybody in the middle ground like you know I'm excited I I'm looking forward to it but I always go in tentatively because until we know more we can't really say I'm gonna love this or I'm gonna hate it until gosh we know we have a trailer you know and and we know more of the storyline mm -hmm. and um I think something that uh, talked about this off mic, but I'll mention it here, is Bichet put out a tweet, and he said, you know, the Kelvin films are not my favorite, but I'm still going to be excited about having another Star Trek movie. And, and that, okay, here's my honest opinion, and I'm excited about it, and I know, because it's, other people are going to be way more excited about it, and other people love these films more than other people, and that's perfectly okay to say, okay, well, I'm excited, because it's going to be more Star Trek on the big screen even though it may not be something that I love myself. So I appreciate opinions that are like that because it's saying, okay, here's mine, but I respect that, you know, yours is different than mine. And, and sadly, so many people just don't do that. Well, I guess, you know, or, you know, I, I think it's, it's the interesting thing about social media, you know, is what, is what you choose to play with and put out there and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. There's just certain things I steer away from because my, my first thing is, well, who the hell cares what I think about anything? But I have no problems, you know, wishing things nice or talking about our shows and all of that stuff. But, you know, to me, I, I always kind of laugh and I just go, oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, if that's your opinion, that's fine. It, it does. It's it's one of those things you, you see on social media all the time. 
it's um you know it's it's like if you want to have a contrary opinion to something that someone posts forget it <laughs> you know you can write the most articulate counter argument you want and it never works so i just i just don't play in that that yeah. area you know i just i just don't go there so anyway it's uh it is interesting how how those things play and where they go and you know we will We'll we'll be fine. Star Trek uh, will 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 continue. The 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 one thing that is always constant is um, people will feeling good or bad or hate it or love it, and um, it'll always create a lot of interesting discussion. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the more discussion, the better. The more we have to enjoy, the better. And and one thing I'm going to put out there: it's okay if someone doesn't like something that you do. <laughs> it will it affect. Is will not affect your opinion on something in whatsoever unless you see their their side and come to a different conclusion yourself. I still laugh at the fact and smile, actually, because I think um, when you talk about diversity of thought and the way people look at things or whatever, and we're all different, God, you know, uh, God knows it's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, but the three hosts of this show, right? The favorite movies are the motion picture, Star Trek three and Star Trek five, respectfully. So I do not think any one of those threes are like in the, in the top five of anybody's movie list, uh, holistically, there's some, there's no doubt. And there's people that like all three of those movies a lot. I know, but if you look at any Star Trek movie list out there, not so much. So you know, I think that's what makes um, fandom unique and why we love it, because we all see it through a very different lens and we enjoy it. And um, that just all circles back to, you know, Beyond is a great example of that. People hated, hated the trailer, um, accusing Star Trek of going in a direction it wound up not going. And then when you actually see the movie, it's like, damn, that's good. Mm -hmm. And um you know, and I wonder too, like I said, even though it did well, I wonder if the trailer itself kind of hurt people's enthusiasm to go see it because how you market something is so critically important. It is. And I think, you know, the film that they chose to release it in was the wrong crowd. <laughs> well, to not a degree, really. not a really. little bit, especially well. for those diehard Star Wars fans. I mean, I can honestly say if there was a Star Wars trailer before a Star Trek movie, like, I like the original Star Wars films. The original three, those ones are fine. But I, I'd be yeah. like, oh, really? So. No. I, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I guess it's, I, I, I'm, I think that the majority of the people like both. Yeah. That's oh, no, I guess. think definitely I agree. But, again, yeah. like, as you were saying and I was going to say, I don't really care if people don't like Star Trek V. It doesn't make me like it any less. No, that's it's a beautiful thing, and I, and I, I I remember in kind of shock and awe when you said that, and you know it's funny because um, when I saw the movie in '89, um, and and I was so it, again the marketing for Star Trek Five was really really good, and um, and and to me it was um, kind of the first it was the first movie that came out with Next Generation on, and. Um, and I just wanted it to kick ass so bad. <laughs> I just remember I went, oh. Yep. But again, that's a movie where in time has gone past. I've I've learned to appreciate it a hell of a lot more in its message. And um, not that this is a Star Trek V podcast right now, but <laughs> I get it. I do get it, though. Yeah. I mean, I think people's views and things, they, they do change over time. Well, in your, and your circumstances, um, yeah. your situations, the things that you experience changes as you change. And it changes you. Yeah, Absolutely. It does. It does go back and forth. So, all right. So, any uh, any final thoughts on that, Haley? Uh, just that I am looking forward to having yet another Star Trek film in this Kelvin timeline universe, and cannot wait to see what news we get. Um, I'm guessing likely pending the uh, finality ending of the merger in early December. So I'm probably going to go with sometime in 2021. Maybe we'll get the film. Hopefully maybe late 2020 on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> there you, there's, a, there's a good time frame. I've, I've, I've heard some speculation of April 2021. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Uh, 
are really packed uh, for movies. I bought it I like, oh, I, see. I, when it first came yeah, out. I'll I played it for like two or three days. And I hope it does come out and I went, on your birthday. What is going on? Am I, if it does, am I missing something? Is, is just, I'm not a good player. So, uh, And then I checked on the, the reviews online and everyone agreed that it was not a good game. And we were all correct. Literary tricks. But that's why I bring this back around, why it was so cool, the Klingon battle cruisers, to distinguish them not being the smooth-sided, cheapy little things from the series. Gene gives them this, you know, never is this uttered on screen, but every little tech nerd knows what a Katinga, you know, Klingon battle cruiser is. And it's only because he came up with that, Gene came up with that word and gave it to them in the novel. It's not in the movie. You know, nobody mm. says, Captain, we were right. picking up uh, three Klingon Takinga heavy battle cruisers on the, you know, Epsilon 9. Earl Grey. Come know. on, like when you know. go on a date, no. you're going out to dinner and you're, that's like the standard date number one, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, like, Maybe things are different in the 24th Maybe. century. Maybe. <laughs> but okay, all right. I mean, I, I, I but okay, so, 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 I mean, you could be assuming this is the first time they shared breakfast together. <laughs> And introducing our newest show, The Line, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Mike, I wanted to make a comment about something that you said about uh, being mostly the middle for a lot of these comic book franchises. It actually makes me think Star Trek, in a way, is something that keeps going and going 764 installments now oh. without a specific end necessarily maybe it'll come what, someday what but these are the voyages was a was a love letter to the fans what are you talking about justin you know what i mean and that's what else is happening on trek.fm so check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the star trek universe and beyond you'll find us wherever you get your podcasts if you're an apple user you can get the show on itunes or the apple podcast app be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trekfm.com and click Discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels, along with all of the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credit, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, Dan Rhodes, and Mike Richards. Your contributions and support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. You can find me on Twitter at Trekkie01D. You can also hear me talking about both Discovery and the Orville over on the Fandom Podcast Network's Discoville podcast that drops every week. So thanks for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit.